everyone. This is Wanda Alger, and today is Tuesday, November 14. Bobby and I had the privilege last week of being in Washington, D.C. to help Intercessors for America celebrate its 50th anniversary. It was founded 50 years ago by Derek Prince and Ern Baxter, and uh, I was on staff with IFA for a number of years as a writer. It was really the ministry that gave me a national platform uh, in writing back in 2014, and uh, the headquarters for IFA is actually just about 30 minutes from where we live. So there's been a wonderful con connection through the years, and it was such a privilege to be there with over 500 intercessors from around the nation celebrating what God has done with this ministry, but also looking ahead at the commission that we have, especially in this next year. There were a lot of special speakers. Uh, Dutch Sheets was there, Eric Metaxas, Michelle Bachman, Richard Blackaby, who's the son of Henry Blackaby, who wrote the Experiencing God uh, materials. And then we heard testimonies, amazing testimonies from many frontline patriots who we have been praying for in the last number of years. And our faith was just really built to see the power of prayer, to see the power of our agreement. And in that, I wanted to share some takeaways that I had from it that really caught me personally. Um, there were two things, and then I want to share, uh, because I, I wrote this word up this morning, released it on my blog, but Eric Metaxas was our featured speaker on Friday night, and some of you may know, I mean, he's a podcaster, a well-known public figure, and he wrote uh, his latest book, Letter to the American Church, which is a wake-up call to the church, comparing uh, the church in Germany during the Holocaust to what we're experiencing now, basically alerting the church, listen, you got to wake up. We cannot afford to be silent. And as he shared, uh, he basically said, we've got one more year, folks. We've got one more year with the 2024 election around the corner. Uh, we've got one more year to save this nation uh, because after that, it's done. Well, I, I mean, in whole, his whole message was so compelling. And it really struck me because, of course, my first thought is, well, but God can do anything. You know, I, there's no limitations on what God can do. And yet, as I considered uh, that admonition, you know, you have to look at the bigger picture of the, the momentum uh, that we have been gaining the last three years. And the, you know, patriotism, uh, Christians and non-Christians alike stepping up to the plate to expose, you know, what's been going on. I mean, it's been a huge wake-up call these last number of years. And th there is a lot of momentum in terms of passion, zeal. Uh, now, in terms of the 2024 election, of course, you know, like some of you, it's like, can we even have a fair election? Is that even possible? I mean, pretty much every election that we've had, even since 2020, has been highly questionable. And the, my opinion would be, as long as this current administration or whoever is in charge, of course, a globalist, are in charge, no, we're not gonna have fair elections. Now, thankfully, that didn't stop God in 2016 because of the prayers and intercession of the saints. Uh, you know, that corruption was overturned uh, and that's what gave President Trump that initial victory. Now, since 2020, we've been on a learning curve and there's been a lot that's been uncovered and exposed since then. Um, and so, you know, in one aspect, God's done it before, you know, we're not going to put any limitations on what God can do. And yet, as I heard Eric speak and this reality of the hope uh, and the zeal, realizing, you know, this is a moment in time. We have a window of opportunity. Now, God has already spoken of his plans. You know, he he's won the battle 
and he's going to save this nation. I believe that. But he has chosen you and I to work through. It's not just going to come out of the cloud somewhere. He has chosen to use you and I. We, especially as the ecclesia of God, believers, we have been given the legitimate spiritual authority uh, to steward and to govern in the spirit and to influence and impact you know, our culture with kingdom realities. It's our job. Um, and he wants to use us. And, and so I, I was pondering all this as I was listening to Eric and even considering, you know, my voice this next year, you know, what am I going to do? Well, something else happened then that really struck me because again, this was a room full of hundreds of intercessors and one of the speakers, and I'm not going to say which one, cause that's not really the point. One of the speakers, uh, that spoke was uh, very passionate about a particular issue that many have been praying about. And as I was listening, you know, I personally didn't agree with some of the perspectives, even some of the doctrinal theological framework that they were using to reach a particular conclusion. And so I had some questions about it, but then this individual led everyone in prayer. And I saw an amazing thing happen um, because eventually the prayers went beyond, you know, structure, but really just for the people that have been impacted by, uh, you know, the Ill illegal activity and the corruption and all of that. And I began to sense this corporate unity, this cry come from these hundreds of intercessors that the anointing came in the room. And I mean, it, it was so powerful. And as I was watching this, I realized God was responding to the cry of the people. Even if the leader may not have gotten all the points right, and this is my opinion, um, God was responding to the cries of the people. There was a oneness of heart, a oneness of spirit that God was responding to. Now, we know that there is a, a biblical uh, precedent for this. You know, even the Israelites, you know, when they cried out, the Lord said, I've heard the cries of my people, that even when we have uh, corrupt leaders, our unity is extremely important. And so as I went away from the weekend, those two thoughts together really kind of came, came together in, we have one more year to agree. <laughs> that, that was my takeaway. We, we have this next year, 2024, to really focus on what's most important in all the warfare that we are waging. And, you know, there, in, the, in 2021 and 22, even a lot of what I was posting because of what happened in 2020, uh, our, we felt like the, the best strategy was to expose what was really going on. You know, all these uh, agendas that were poisoning every mountain of culture. I mean, from big pharma to education, uh, you know, to the church, to government, to policies, to Hollywood media. I mean, this has been a lot of what the last two, three years has been about is exposing all of these lies and all of the deception. And yet at the end of this year, obviously we're a lot different now than what we were back in 2020. I mean, the landscape has changed and the wake up call as painful as it has been, it has been absolutely necessary because if we're going to pray effectively, if we're going to agree on things, we've got to know the landscape. We've got to see, wait a minute, what's really happening here? And so that's been you know, the approach. But for me personally, I, I felt like the admonition of the Lord was, even as 
these things continue to be exposed, you know, in all of these fields, all of these areas that have touched us personally. Yes, those things need to continue to come to light. But if we're not careful, we can get fixated on just one issue or we can get fixated on just one leader that we want to, you know, plant our flag in their camp, so to speak. And I really felt like the Lord is saying, listen, you have to understand the power of your agreement and you've got to all agree on the main thing. You got to keep the main thing, the main thing. And, you know, the, the two things that have awakened everyone is the reality of the 2020 election and the COVID situation. I'm choosing my words carefully. Because of the time that has passed and the fruit of those things has, you know, come out and emerged, you know, it's, it's to the point really that it's undeniable of the demonic agenda that is at work and the rulers that be, they want us dead. That is the clear and present danger that we are facing. We have got strong men beating down our front door and we've got to pay attention and we need to come together with one voice and we've got to have a, a message that is unified. And the scripture that the Lord took me to was first Corinthians, uh, the first chapter where Paul is appealing to the church to get their act together, my words. And in verse 10, he says, I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and the same judgment. Unity. Well, lest you think that I'm talking about some kind of unity where we kind of acquiesce to the opinions of others to find some kind of compromise. No, that's not the kind of unity that Paul is speaking to. And that's not the kind of unity that I sensed last weekend in prayer. The oneness of spirit is absolutely of the spirit, and it's filled with absolute truth. There's no compromise. In oneness of heart, that's, that means being a one of heart with God, one of, of one mind, the mind of Christ, which is absolute truth. There's no compromise. There's no meeting in the middle. So that means that we're going to have to focus. What are those things that we can all agree on? And that we can focus on that, not only in our prayers and our intercession and our worship, which is vital, that, that is priority, but also in terms of taking action, of speaking up, because the church needs one voice and one message. And unfortunately, even in, in the exposures that are happening within the body of Christ, and it will continue to happen, we have to be careful not to get you know, distracted by those. Yes, we need to be concerned. We need to be praying. But we can't get fixated on just one of these particular issues. Truth needs to come out. But I just really feel, felt the admonition of the Lord to ask him, you know, what is the main thing? What, how can we come together as the body of Christ with one voice and with one, with one message? Um, in the blog, I'll, I'll just read a little bit of what I wrote. Does a 2020 election hijack and weaponized COVID attack caused a wide segment of the population to finally see, you know, the witches and warlocks behind the curtain. And even for those who resist the idea that there's some kind of military plan with President Trump, you know, in the background, you know, that that's a narrative that that some will never uh, agree with because it, to many, it's still a theory. But even there, the 
evidence that is tangible, the data that has already come out, the consequences that we, we already see, that is undeniable. And I, I feel like the Lord, the Lord is saying, pay attention to that, keep that the main thing, to help the sleepers, to help those within the body of Christ especially, who are still unsure, who are still kind of lost, and who don't really have a, a rallying point. And this is what we need to pray about, of, of how we can have a rally cry that really focuses where the Lord wants us to focus. The, the word that I shared in my last post, in my last blog, you know, the vision that the Lord gave me uh, during worship, where he reminded me of Jeremiah 6, 16, stand at the crossroads and look. I mean, I, I saw him standing in this place and looking from his perspective. And he was saying, do you see what I see? Where are we looking? What are we going to focus on? You know, it's almost like, you know, if you've been to the doctor and if you would get a death sentence, you know, you've got a year to live. How are you going to live that year? You know, what if the Lord is saying this nation has one year left? You, you've got one year left to use your voice. How are you going to use it? Now, I'm not, as I said, the Lord has this nation. You know, he's going to have his way. But he uses you and I. And we get to be a part of it. I mean, and this is the thing. It is an invitation. It is an opportunity for the ecclesia to, to rise up and to demonstrate the kingdom of God to walk in the authority that he's given us. We are the only ones, the ecclesia, sons and daughters of the king, who have legitimate spiritual authority to govern in the spirit, to govern that which God has ordained. We're the only ones who can take that stand and contend for the prophetic promises in this nation. How are we going to use that voice? You know, interesting that if, if you uh, continue in this chapter, 1 Corinthians, uh, Paul goes on because in his admonition to uh, be of one heart and one mind, he's actually speaking it in the context of a rebuke, because this is where in verse 12 and 13, he says, uh, what I mean is that each one of you says, I follow Paul, I follow Apollos, or I follow Cephas, or I follow Christ. And he's like, is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I mean, he, he's already, he's pointing to the fact that everyone has kind of planted their flag, you know, behind one particular leader or in, in, in one area issue that they are passionate about. Now, this is not necessarily a bad thing that, that you, you know, rally behind a message and that your heart is drawn to a particular issue. Uh, I, God has, has done that on purpose, you know, to, to, help us be empowered to find things out and to share things, but we can't get stuck there. And, and we can't begin to say, well, that's the only thing that's important. This is where I go back to what is the main thing? What, what is the behemoth that's before us? You know, there, there is, um, there's a plan for our annihilation. You know, we have, we have been given a death sentence as citizens of the earth. You know, these globalists want us dead bottom line. How are we going to speak in a way that's going to help everyone rally together to declare the kingdom of God and say that the gates of hell will not prevail? I mean, this is a spiritual reality, but we have to walk it out in the natural. And this is what we're going to be dealing with in 2024, of, of making those decrees and declarations as one that we all realize what's at stake 
and that we learn how to walk it out at home. You know, the other scripture that uh, came to mind was in Luke eleven twenty one about the strong man. You know, when you, you guard your house, uh, because that's your responsibility, that's your territory. Uh, and yet when a strong man, you know, someone stronger than you comes to the door, are you going to let him in? Well, this is a picture of our nation and many nations. There's a, you know, there's, <laughs> there are strong men that are beating down our doors. They've already come in. I mean, and I'm not just talking about our Southern borders here in this nation. I mean, that's a very, very tangible picture of what ha has happened in the spirit. We have allowed demonic powers into this nation. And it's because of leadership. It's because the church has not stepped up. We have not used our voice. We have not been that one voice. And this is where uh, the other challenge that I came away with last weekend is uh, the ideology that many in the church have and many pastors have is that the church should not get involved in governmental affairs. The church should not get involved in politics. That's how they'll say it. And, and I've always appealed, listen, it's not about politics. It is about government. Government was God's idea. And, and we've got to get over that hurdle because that kind of thinking, it silences our voice. It makes us absolutely impotent in making any change in our culture. If we actually believe that, no, we shouldn't be speaking into these things. I speak to that in my book, Moving from Sword to Scepter. I mean, that's, that's part of the, the whole charge and reason why I wrote this book is to empower the church to understand our responsibility. And one of the very first chapters, I say, if we are to be effective ambassadors of his kingdom and transformative change agents in our nation, we must distinguish God's government apart from the governments of the world. For too long, the church has kept governmental affairs at arm's length and refused to engage, thinking it was only secular. We have confused politics with government and missed our opportunity to impact and influence our culture in significant ways. Without the church engaging in governmental affairs, secular rulers will govern the land by default and legislate ungodly laws to silence our voice and deny us our commission. Understand, I wrote this in 2015 that this has happened. It is clear in scripture that God has created government for the good of the people as well as the good of the gospel. For those who say we should only preach the gospel. When we understand the purpose of government in both the secular and sacred realms, we are better empowered to do our part in establishing righteous rule on the earth. If you, if you want some handles on what this looks like, because I, I, I give biblical foundations, okay, for what is the church's role in this as the ecclesia of God, both in our prayers, yes, but also in our action. And this was something else that came through last weekend. And Dave Kubal, I'm, I'm, I'm so thankful for his voice and his presence because it, it's very clear. We, you know, we, we have been given this responsibility and it's an opportunity and it's a blessing because of what God wants to do and to show leading us, you know, into places of glory uh, and, and good things of demonstrating the power and the authority of Christ. Um. The other scripture I wanted to reference here in the context, okay, of our message and our focus. Going on in 1 Corinthians 1, I was struck. I'd never seen this before. And again, the, the context that I was reading this in, in verse 19, Paul goes on to say, For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discernment of the discerning 
I will thwart. And this is actually a quote from Isaiah. But when I read that, the discernment of the discerning I will thwart, I really felt like the Lord was challenging. Again, looking at the narrative, the last couple of years, we've kind of prided ourselves, some segments of you know, digging and doing all this research and finding out all these secrets, uncovering the the hidden secrets and all the lies and deception. You know, we, we've put a lot of emphasis on our ability to research, to find the intelligence. And yet when I read this, I felt like the Lord was saying, there will come a time where I'm going to thwart even that. Even those that I have gifted and called to do that research, to to be the intelligence gatherers, to help interpret the signs of the times. There will come a time where your voices will be silenced. And I say silenced. You're just saying, I will thwart that. Why? Why would he do that? It's because in the end, it's God alone that's going to be credited for the victory. Lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. That's what Paul says in this passage. God has a very specific plan. He is using you and I in it. But we have to pay attention to every season and be willing to adjust our strategies and our approach in order to follow his lead. And so I, this is my appeal. As we, as we head into, you know, and I don't know if this is a prophetic word for 2024, I'm just sharing with you the takeaways from this weekend and what I am pondering and praying into is, Lord, what is the church going to do in 2024? You know, will there be an election? I don't know. There's some prophets who say there, there won't be. I mean, I've often wondered. I, I've had a hunch that we probably won't, but the Lord has not told me anything. I can't say that that's a prophetic word. But I think everything that I see, we, we need to plan as if there is. That, that's my admonition. We need to pray and plan and, and use our voice as if there will be, because there are still many in the church who are not awake. There are still many who don't see the strong men at our front door. They're not recognizing that. They're, they're not speaking up. They're not owning it. They're not praying into it. This, I believe, is the greatest challenge that we're going to face next year. And so we simply have to ask the Lord, what do I need to adjust in, in my approach, in my conversations, in my prayers that will aid in us coming to that place where we have one voice? We can have variations, you know, in all the secondary issues that are important, but I believe some of these issues, they can only really be dealt with until after the main thing is settled, and that is who is going to rule this nation. Um, and how are we going to partner with that? What does that look like for us as believers? Because this isn't even just about winning an, a, a presidential election. It's what are we going to do after that? Uh, how are we going to take our place in culture? How are we going to be influencers? How are we going to engage in all these areas of our culture that have been invaded by enemies? both spiritually and naturally. We have been asleep for a long, long time. Now that we're waking up, how are we going to live differently? How are we going to walk differently, talk differently, that we can be the stewards that God has called us to be without fear and that can, we, can, we can move forward? Um, 
we need to pray for all of those you know in these various areas and especially in the church because this is my heart and my passion is especially for the body of Christ and even as you know exposures come out about leaders that you know are found to be fraudulent or fakes you know this is going to continue to happen in my admonition because I I did speak about this in a previous post we need to pray for those who are closest to that situation who have the authority and oversight the responsibility before the Lord to deal with that. Those of us who are at a distance, we have to be very careful, walk in the fear of the Lord. Uh, we can have our opinions, but we really need to pray for those who, who are going to have to answer to the Lord for how they're handling the situation. We need to pray for everyone involved that, that the truth comes out, but we've got to learn from it and we've got to change our, our patterns and the ways in which we deal with these things. Because as I said in my, in my last video, this is not just an exposure of the leaders. It's an exposure of us as a people, as how we have not discerned rightly, of how we have not been recognizing uh, what we should be recognizing. Our standards have been lowered. We have, we have just been sponges of the world. And, and the Lord is calling us back up to a, a standard of holiness and righteousness. But we need to walk forward with uh, both the fear of the Lord and love for others. You know, that we can, we can also extend the mercy of God, not just the justice of God, but the mercy of God. So um, the other thing here, you know, again, as we look at what the prophets are saying, and as more and more uh, prophetic words for 2024 come out, you know, there are those who might speak more of glory days and that there might be others that speak of gloomy days. You know, that, that's language that's been used in the last number of years. And you know, some of that, uh, especially in the prophetic community, you know, siding in different camps, you know, those prophets that are speaking of glory and, and all the good things to come. And, and those who are, you know, saying, listen, I've got hard times ahead. You know, there's troubles ahead. Both are true, I believe. Um, what I have seen and what I know about myself is that even as prophets, each one is given a piece of the puzzle, not the whole thing. And there is truth because the, I can only say what, what the Lord has shown me. And consistently over years, the Lord has, has shown me, my part is to speak of the absolute transformation of the church, uh, the total retooling of the church. It's never going to be the same. And that we are headed into amazing days of his glory coming upon the earth. That's the piece he has given me, but it does not discount the process in getting there. Okay. The thing I do, re I do recognize, and I honor those who are continually calling us to fasting and prayer, because those who probably focus more on the troubles ahead, the problems ahead, they're the ones that are calling us into this place of fasting and prayer, which is needed. So I, I see validity and the need for, for both of these messages, they go together. They don't have to be separate. And so again, we need to see things as God does and, and be in that place where we can come into agreement. Uh, yes, God's got this. He uses you and I. The question is, what will be your part in this next year? I would be interested in your comments and you know what you feel like maybe the, the priority needs to be next year. How can we as the body of Christ come together? What are those things that we can all agree on that we can champion together that's going to strengthen 
that authority in prayer to overturn these things. I look forward to, to reading your comments. Now, I will say, next week is Thanksgiving, and uh, Bobby and I will not be around. We are uh, able to, we're checking a box off of our bucket list. This has been in the, in the plans for years. Uh, <laughs> we are going on our first ever Caribbean cruise, believe it or not. Uh, God has been so good. And we, have, we had hoped to do this years ago, and it never worked out. It's finally working out. So uh, I'm not going to be around next week. Uh, you can be praying for us. However, you will see a post next week on both YouTube and Rumble because later today I am having a very special interview with Andrew Whalen. Those of you who have been following me, uh, hopefully you saw some interviews I did with him last year. And this is before he was ever on Elijah Streams. The Lord just connected Andrew and I sovereignly, really through some uh, through some prophetic dreams. And uh, we are we are actually planning an event together next year. We'll keep you posted on that. But uh, I'm going to be interviewing him later today, and I'm going to get it get that all ready, and I'm going to publish it next week. Okay, and that's going to be something I know you don't want to miss. We're going to talk about some really interesting things. Okay, so that means you. I would encourage you to subscribe to both YouTube and Rumble, and especially on YouTube, uh, hit the notification bell. I have found that. Many who subscribe, you don't you don't hit that little notification bell uh, that lets you know that uh, a new video has dropped. So uh, if you want to be sure to catch that, then please subscribe and hit that uh, notification bell. Also, go to WandaAlger.me if you want a written copy of this word that I talked about one more year. I know some people just prefer to read things rather than watching a video. So please go there. I'll put the link below and share it with others. And I hope that you have a wonderful Thanksgiving since I won't be around, but I will see you on the other side. Many blessings until then.